Okay. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Read them good. Check these messages just like you should. Facebook, email, Twitter, and Instagram. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) My feed. (laughs) My tweets. Check my DMs and my mail. (laughs) (laughs) Woof. Okay, okay, okay. Please don't keep that in. Welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Emma. And I'm Luke. And today we're going to be talking about the chapter Wolf Days, number 33. So this chapter starts off with a little excerpt about the exercise for centering oneself. Stop thinking of what you intend to do. Stop thinking of what you have just done. Then stop thinking that you have stopped thinking of those things. Then you will find the now, the time that stretches eternal and is really the only time there is. Then in that place, you will finally have time to be yourself. This is a nice little exercise. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness. Yep. Mindfulness. It's reminiscent of a few things. I see, I've seen this repeated in different books, stories, movies mm-hmm. often, but it's a good little reminder of how wolves think. And we dive right into we as the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good centering i think it's really a great way to go from the horribleness that was last chapter's torture into this new now yeah yeah definitely time is weird and there is nothing but now we start this chapter with fitz talking about how the only thing really needed by anyone is hunting eating and sleeping The life of a wolf. We keep getting words and and descriptions of what they're doing, but it's always we. You know, we ran alone, we the wolf, and we lacked for nothing. So they just lived in the now. They just hunted, slept, ran around, ate. And sometimes there's little memories of Fitz's life as human that peek through And we shove that down, the wolf, and think of how dumb it is to think of life that way, basically. Yeah, specifically, it says sometimes we remembered a different time in a different way. When we did, we wondered what had been so important about any of it. So it's really going through that that beginning of the chapter. Forget anything of what you have just done. Just live in the now. Forget Mm -hmm. that you forgot about those things even. They never existed. Right. As, as one entity, they're trying to move past everything, and I'm sure fits with his disassociation from his body and his past life to let go and to go into and join Night Eyes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was just a, a willingness on both of their ends just to, like, let's just... Forget. Forget. Yeah. It's really interesting, I think, that this chapter, it starts as a we, it kind of ends with a we, <laughs> but... There's a sense of 
pushing away humanness and becoming the animal. And in rereading it, I kind of felt like this is Night Eyes trying to take control. Oh, you think so? Yeah, Mm. I think a little bit to begin with is Fitz trying to get away from the horribleness that he just lived through. But I think it's also a lot of Night Eyes. And I don't necessarily think it's like a malicious thing that Night Eyes is doing. I think it's more the world of man is very confusing and frightening and has not really done anything good to my friend. So I just want to get us as far away from that as possible. And so it really feels more like a protection tactic of like, see, wasn't that so dumb when we used to live like that? Let's not do that again. Maybe. I I feel like personally, I think it's more hand in hand, but a lot of fits peeks through and like Mm. he's trying to use it as an escape. Okay. And he's diving further down. I, I feel like thinking Night Eyes is taking the lead on this and really pushing both of them to live more as a wolf could be true because Night Eyes has been mostly forced to live as a human or work around the human schedule with Fitz being at the castle all the time. Mm-hmm. And so now he has a chance to like, hey, let's just be the wolf side for a while. Right. So I could see that. But I also see like some of the passages throughout this chapter even though it says we did this and we did this, it's all like it, it feels like Fitz's desperation to just leave the past behind, but it's still kind of haunting him a little bit. Yeah. But he's just like, no, 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 no. We're, we're a wolf now. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't think that Fitz is unwilling to be the wolf. I don't think this is like Night right, Eyes right, forcing right. him down this path, but I do think it's more of a guidance sort of thing. I don't Interesting. know. Maybe like this is how you put that down and not think about it. Just live in the now. Yeah. And and my way of thinking is more fits willingly diving into <laughs> yeah. anything that Night Eyes represented and Night Eyes just continuing as before. Right. And I mean, to be fair, Fitz does kind of dive headfirst into everything he does. So your reading is probably a little more on character. <laughs> the wolf does state that time has no meaning at this point it's just dusks and dawns and when to eat and when to sleep and when to hunt mm-hmm. so they just continue life like that for a while yeah it goes into discussing older fits as writing this memory it goes into discussing how a wolf's life doesn't have the same passage of time as a human's that their year can compare to a decade of a human and the things that they do and the things that they experience, even though they live for a much shorter period of time, their candle burns brighter as it's stated in here, just soaking in every opportunity of life and living in the now lets them not worry so much about other things. Right. And so that's what this time period is for him. That there were nights and days and times we ate and times we slept. It's, I think, just really hammering in the point that there was a passage of time. Who knows how long? Presumably at least a week. I would think so. I feel like... At the end of this chapter in the epilogue, it mentions like a rough time period, but I think it's, I think he was just talking about from the dungeons till when he got back into his body. I think he said it was about a month or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
So we don't know exactly what each of the pieces were, but yeah, I would guess like probably around a week. I would probably say minimum a few days. Mm-hmm. Right, because the spoiler, Fitz's body is dead. Right. <laughs> so they bury him and presumably they couldn't wait too long. Yeah. Because then the body would actually die in some way that's different than your whole soul leaving the body unclear we can talk more about that when we get there but yeah and we get to know how Fitz is called back yeah yeah so they hunt a doe falls into the water and they catch it and they gorge themselves sleep gorge themselves and they hear a calling they hear someone say come to them we pause No, the meat is waiting. We trot on. Come now, come to me. I've meat for you. We've meat already, and closer. Night eyes, changer, heart of the pack summons you. We pause again, shake all over. This is not comfortable. And what is heart of the pack to us? He is not pack. He pushes us. There is meat closer. It is decided. We go to the pond's edge. Here, somewhere here. Ah, dig down to her through the snow. And Birk is incessant, but Night Eyes and Changer, the wolf, together, they ignore Birk for a while and eat again. I think this part specifically is where I started to think this is more Night Eyes. I think the shaking is Fitz's fear. And I think the what even is heart of pack to us? He only pushes. Let's go is the protective night eyes. Like you don't have to go through that anymore. He's nothing. Yeah, I can see that. And so they don't go to him. They eat the frozen meat of the deer, but Burek isn't going away. He is just over and over saying, come, come, please come soon. Come now. You're needed. Please just come over and over and over again. So after they have had enough, they go to him. And he can tell that he says, good, that's good. Come to me. Come to me. They trot on through towards Birik, towards heart of the packs, incessant calling to stop his whining. They go to him and Eventually, they see a hill where there's two humans, the bottom of the hill. There's two humans standing there, one with a bright light near them uh, and heart of the pack who is digging. And that's Birik and Chade. Yeah. And he's digging at this hole that we learn is Fitz's grave. Mm-hmm. And incessantly calling come to, to the wolf. And this has the wolf's hackles up for a couple reasons. Number one, the place that they are at is in the middle of an open field. So it doesn't feel safe to the animal instincts and kind of isn't. It's a little bit wild that they're just out in a field. It's not a field. Yeah, it's, it's like, the bottom of a hill, they say. So I'm yeah. sure it's a it's just not quite a trek from under Bucky the trees. To, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I wonder where this is. Like, is this a normal burial ground? (laughs) Like, are there other... I'm not sure we ever learned, to be honest. Yeah. 
I don't know if Fitz ever goes back to his quote unquote grave. If that happened to me, I would. I'd be to like, where you were buried? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to see it. I think I'd want to forget. I mean, I probably would too, but like as an outsider looking in saying, if this was me, I would definitely want to go. <laughs> if it actually happened to me, maybe not. But yeah, I as it know. stands, I'd be like, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> I guess I would want to know just so I could avoid it. Because, like, what would be weirder than if you were hunting and then happened upon, like, this place looks familiar. I wonder why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a tombstone with your name on it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Now I'm just very curious of if there are other people buried here. I don't know. So the wolf sits down, watches him. And says in his head, what has this to do with us? We are full. We could go to sleep now. He looks up at us suddenly through the night. Wait, a moment longer. Wait. He growls to the other, and that one holds the light to the hole. Heart of the pack bends his back, and the other reaches to help him. They drag something from the hole. The smell of it sets our hackles ajar. We turn. We leap to run. We circle. We cannot leave. There is a fear here. There is a danger, a threat of pain, of loneliness, of endings. And part of that makes me feel more that Fitz is kind of peeking through and mm-hmm. that he really doesn't want anything to do with this just right. because it's revisiting the pain that he just went through. Right. Well, he's living in the now. He has a healthy body. He is mostly warm and is eating his fill every day and he has a friend he has a one of these permanent friend of a threat of pain of loneliness yeah of endings Ooh. it's incredibly sad it the, the childhood sad. that Fitz has had and the way that his emotions have developed leaving him so estranged from all of his loved ones is heartbreaking he hasn't had very many friends, but the ones that he has had, he doesn't really believe that no, they could ever return the same amount of love. Yeah, he doesn't like fully trust anyone. The one time he thought he was giving trust to Molly, she left him, which right. questionable, but probably how he sees it in his it's mind. It's self-fulfilling for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's heartbreaking, but there it is. It peeks through the wolf. Yeah. And Birk still incessantly is calling come come down to us come down come here we need you now it is time this is not time time is always is everywhere you need us but perhaps we do not want to be needed we have meat and a warm place to sleep and even more meat for another time with a full belly and a warm den what else is to be needed yet we will go closer we will snuff it We will see what it is that threatens and beckons. Belly to snow, tail low, we slink down the hill. And just referring to it, Heart of the Pack has it in its hands. We dug it from the the ground. It's disassociating anything that the wolf knows from Fitz's old body because that is no longer Fitz. It is an object to a wolf. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which I found kind of weird just in the sense of like, I don't know. I feel like 
there should be more of a recognition there. See, that's why I think Fitz dove headfirst into the now and forgetting all the past and everything because he would recognize that. He probably does recognize it. He just doesn't want to want to. Right. So the wolf slinks up to heart of the pack next to the gravesite. He has Fitz's body next to him. Mm-hmm. The wolf says it smells like old blood, but we know Patience has cleaned and bandaged all of Fitz's wounds at this point as well. Oh, yeah. It is not capital O, old blood. Correct. It's just old it smells blood. of old blood <laughs> like it was bleeding previously. Yeah. I, that's a good point. I definitely read it as like old blood. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, they have their own scent. <laughs> No, definitely not capitalized. <laughs> but it also says that Burek is rubbing Fitz's body. Shaking it around. Yeah, yeah, trying to warm up the limbs. And Fitz and Night Eyes demand, what do you want? Come back. We have come back. Come back here. Changer. He is insistent. Come back to this. He lifts an arm, holds up a hand. That? This. This is yours, Changer. And I do want to note that they don't recognize the face either. Mm -hmm. The wolf is completely disassociated from it. Completely has forgotten or chose to forget everything about it. They don't recognize anything. Although, to be fair, it would be really weird yeah, to yeah. see your own face. True. I get I get it a little bit. But <laughs> and then we, we see a little bit more peak of personality in the next couple lines. This is not a good idea. We will come no closer. Which is very interesting to me. Because who is saying that this is not a good idea? Is that both of them saying, like, this would change the status quo? This is going to change what happens day to day now? Mm -hmm. Is it Fitz not wanting to go back? Is it Night Eyes holding on to Fitz, like, saying, hey, we shouldn't split. Like, this is the best decision for us. Right. What what is happening? It's a really interesting, like, small, you know, six-word sentence. Birk kind of edges closer, puts the arm on the wolf, and grabs him, grabs the wolf by the scruff to hold him there, and just is begging and commanding and insistent, you must come back. The wolf cowers down a little bit. They try to wheel and break away, and then... Instead of saying Changer, addressing Fitz, Mm -hmm. saying Changer, you must come back, please, we need you, he addresses Night Eyes. Let him go, Night Eyes. He is not yours. A hint of teeth in those words. His eyes stare at us too hard. He is not yours either, Night Eyes says. Whose am I, then? A moment of teetering, of balancing between two worlds, two realities, two fleshes. Then a wolf wheels and flees, tail tucked over the snow, running away alone, 
fleeing from too much strangeness. Atop a hill, he stops to point his nose at the sky and howl, howl for the unfairness of it all. This is why I think it's kind of Night Eyes holding Fitz back. I think he can sense Fitz's fear. He knows what happened-ish to Fitz. And Night Eyes is just trying to protect him. And I think this moment of not fully focusing on Fitz staying with him and them getting away together is how Fitz is able to slip back. I It probably also when Night Eyes doesn't argue that Fitz isn't his, but simply just says, well, he's not yours either. <laughs> like a petulant child. I think that probably also humanizes it a little. I don't know. Very interesting. And then Fitz's remark, whose am I then? Mm-hmm. Because he's always been a tool. He's always been owned. He's always been someone's all throughout his whole life. Yeah. And he feels like he needs to have that direction. He needs to have someone's. He has never really had a life for himself, mm-hmm. even though he's yearned for it. Yeah. This is still somebody else's decision for him. Mm-hmm. He didn't really choose. I mean, you can say he chose to go with Night Eyes, but... That wasn't really his plan. Yeah. And it wasn't really his plan to go back. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of thrust upon him both times. It's a hard knock life for us. (laughs) It's a hard knock life. I feel really bad for Night Eyes too in this instance. Like this is a very strange thing to happen. Not that humans could make it make more sense of it, I think. Right. But especially the barrier of like how humans think to how wolves in this book think they're literally digging up the past. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And like, okay, let's, let's dwell on this a little bit more. That would be a hard concept. And I think night eyes really does just want what's best, but I agree. Yeah. Unfortunately, he does not win this tug of war. Also, maybe just a tinfoil theory here. Maybe the proximity to the body helps bring Fitz back a little bit. Oh, I mean, I, I think they needed to be right next to each other. Right. I don't think they could have. Well, they did from a distance join as one. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I completely agree that Fitz hypothetically could have rejoined his body. Mm hmm. However, severing all of the ties to his body, living as a wolf for mm-hmm. a few days at least, and also trying to disassociate anything with his past, yeah, left him with no way back unless he was like confronted with it. True. That's fair. Yeah, but I think definitely having the body that close is the big draw i mean burek was forcing fitz's hand to touch night eyes fur so fitz doesn't really remember he just kind of recalls it as a dream like a hazy fever dream kind of thing Jaden burek would not leave him alone after he did get back into his body they continuously rubbed him all over get the blood flowing through him keep him warm keep him awake even though it hurt Fitz the whole time that that was happening. And every time that 
Fitz tries to close his eyes because he was exhausted or maybe in pain or whatever. Birik would seize me and shake me like a rag. Stay with me, Fitz, he kept saying. Stay with me. Stay with me. Come on, boy. You're not dead. You're not dead. Then suddenly he hugged me to him, his bearded face bristling against mine and his hot tears falling on my face. He rocked me back and forth, sitting in the snow at the edge of my grave. You're not dead, son. You're not dead. Mm, This makes me cry every time. (laughs) It's incredibly touching. This is not the first time he's called Fitz's son. No. But it is the second time it's under death circumstances. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, and also you can feel his relief. It's... Yeah. This part of it is literally one paragraph. And you can just feel his relief. It's literally just him saying two things. (laughs) Yeah. You feel relief in this? From Birik? Yes. 100%. Like, you're not dead. Like, it worked. Wow, okay. Because we learn later that Birik gave this idea to Chade because he had heard stories from his grandmother that Mm -hmm. this was an evil thing that some girl who was witted could do. Right. But only for like, you know, a day and then come back to her body or whatever. And they tried it with his beloved son who he has trouble expressing feelings to, Mm -hmm. you know, he yelled at him the last meeting that he had and said, you're worthless. I hope you die. Just die. Yeah. And didn't know if it would work at all. And all of a sudden he's back in his own body. He can tell Fitz is alive. That's relief to me. Interesting. Okay. I don't read it as relief. I see this as desperation. Of like, if I say it enough, it'll be true. Like, he's so scared that he's really lost Fitz this time. It was very real. He had to see a dead body i mean he's literally holding a dead body at one point and that's his son the man that he loves as a son and like you said cannot express his feelings very well to him and so in this i read the heartbreak of i didn't kill you you're you're gonna make it everything's gonna be fine and like please please let this be true please what i'm saying let this be true you're not dead. You're here. So a little bit of both. Then. You're not. De- yeah. yeah. So I mean, like relief that he is truly not dead, I suppose, but more so the like desperation of, I'm just gonna keep saying it, and then it'll be true. And obviously, it works out. We do have a several <laughs> more books to read of Fitz's, so <laughs> we know it works. But I think in this moment, he's just so worried that it won't. Yeah. Or that if, I mean, every time Fitz closes his eyes, he's like, no, 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 stay here. (laughs) He's probably worried that Fitz is just going to either jump back to Night Eyes or really be gone this time. I mean, that's that's a typical thing also with injuries, Mm -hmm. head injuries or anything like that. And I'm sure Jade knows basic medical or, you know, so you'd be like, hey, just keep him alive and, and with us to make sure that he can be healed and fully alive before we let him go. But also, like on a real note, if you've basically died and come back to life, do normal head injury things pertain to you? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. I don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely, this makes me cry because 
once again, Fitz is brought to the brink of death. And once again, it is the only time Bjork will acknowledge that you're my son and I love you like my son. Mm -hmm. So. (sighs) That's the end of the regular chapters for Royal Assassin. Yeah. We have one more episode with the epilogue and discussing the whole book. But, uh, man, what a finish. Right. I do want to note real quick that Chade and I think Birik as well don't believe that Fitz actually died, or at least they tell Fitz that his body did not actually die, mm-hmm. just went into such a deep sleep or coma or whatever that it was undetectable. Fitz thinks he actually died. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to tell one way or the other, but... In here, it does say that they didn't care how much they were hurting me, Birik and Chade. They just kept rubbing on my hands and feet, careless of the old bruises, the scabs on my arms. Mm-hmm. He was healing right. still. So I don't know if that happens if you actually die or if they were right and he his body didn't actually die because there wasn't, you know, a separation completely. Hear me out. Is Does that mean that Fitz's body was a forged one for like a couple days? I don't think so uh, because that was all of Fitz and it was just like an empty husk. Forged ones have no humanity, but they can still reason, think, talk, act, walk around, you know, they can do all that sort of thing. Right. It's it's a different process, I think. So this would mm-hmm. be something else entirely because if his body was alive, it would literally just be like he was in a brain dead state in a coma on right. life support. Except no, because people who are on life support need the life support to it, yeah. Like yeah. Continue. That was the best analogy. Oh uh, yeah, I, came up I with. suppose. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's because we don't have a magical way to transplant our minds into an animal for a while. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just made me wonder because, I mean, he was pretty hurt. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't really know where I fall on that, to be honest. I feel like. I feel like it doesn't truly matter. No. Because to Fitz, he died. And to us, he died. His body might have still been alive trying to take care of itself but it didn't really matter Mm. because for all intents and purposes he was dead yeah yeah poor fits what a good book (laughs) can't wait to go recommend this to all of my friends (laughs) i wasn't even sarcastic i love this book (laughs) i feel like that's a weird place to non-sarcastically say what a good book Well, it makes us think about all these things. Yeah, I suppose. Makes us, you know, speculate on what the magic does. Yeah. And what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. And also all the characters and stuff. It is a good book. It is a good book. Yeah, thank you for I admitting it. it on our 60... <laughs> what what episode is it? 61? 62? Uh, no. We got, we got her to admit it, everyone. <laughs> All right, she we're done. She likes this series. Pack her up. <laughs> <laughs> Over a year in, and we're out. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I wish Fitz got treated better. <laughs> don't we all? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Mm. Then we wouldn't have such an interesting story, to be honest. So, well, maybe we could have. It would just been a way different story. Very different. Yeah. Imagine a regal like Fitz. Like he actually gets love and attention from his father and he thinks he's the best of the best. I don't know if I could read that. (laughs) If he was still framed as like the protagonist, that would be almost unbearable. Maybe it's like a rags to riches. No, that's not right. I don't know. Like a change of heart narrative in this version where he gets treated nicely. The classic king falls to rags and learns how to be a good person kind of thing. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. He actually gets given this book and sees what would have happened to him. There you go. He's like, oh, don't want to do that. There you go. (laughs) This chapter is very short, but also like this is, I think them living together is part of the reason why their bond is so unique later as well. Mm -hmm. I've read a theory on when Night Eyes dies and Fitz hears Night Eyes in his head. Mm-hmm. How that's not actually like what Black Rolf is kind of saying when like, oh, they're always part of you. And you yeah. can always kind of feel that it's more than other witted people feel. And I could I could I could think that would be definitely true or possible just because there's a whole plot point in here with the mingling of spirits, the mingling of like right. essences where oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the fool and and Fitz when Fitz heals the fool or mm-hmm. brings him back to life mingle their whole bodies together and like switch bodies briefly how they mingle their spirits and they both father be later on that kind of happened here where when Fitz was in with night eyes they bring part of night eyes souls back to his body or whatever and that's why b can also hear night eyes sometimes later Mm. on in the series right there's just like that connection through all of them Ignite Eyes is like a common theme running through Fitz through the Fool because the Fool or the Night Eyes was part of Fitz mm-hmm. and then ultimately to be interesting because I, that that always weirded me out in the last trilogy how Night Eyes was just like act, actively the, commenting on like, things and planning out and helping be with his yeah. knowledge of Fitz's life yeah. yeah that freaked me out that made me really question a lot of things honestly but I guess. I don't know. I think it also co- it comes back to like the skill river, how people are still there. Yeah. Like Fitz can still talk to Verity like he does in both of the other series. At least one of them. Something. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's both in the middle one. I think he just feels a fatherly presence from like a great thing, but it's bigger than any human presence in the right. skill river he's ever felt before. I don't know. Maybe. Or motherly, his, sorry, not fatherly. Maybe his world is an egg, and every single person is saw. <laughs> yeah. And they're all, right. all connected as one. <laughs> the multi-faced god. <laughs> Praise be saw. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. If you have anything to say to us about this chapter or about how Night Eyes keeps popping up and we love it, but is we are weirded out a little bit by it in mm-hmm. the last trilogy, let us know. Email us your thoughts is fitshappy at gmail.com. Or you can talk to us directly on all of our social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 
We are all of those at slash is fits happy. And last but not least, if you have anything to ask us about this whole trilogy uh, that we've read through so far or about this book in particular, please let us know. Send us your questions, your thoughts, the topics that we missed and you want us to cover or comment on. We'll be doing our epilogue and book wrap up episode right after this one. So please submit those as soon as possible. Okay, so now is the best part of the podcast where we get to talk about stuff you sent in. Or she doesn't have to respond to me. <laughs> exactly, my favorite part. Um, I still have to talk to you, though, so. <laughs> um, have to. We are going to start off something with an email. <sighs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this one's titled, Emma Was Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because honestly, I'm always right. <laughs> Just kidding. What she likes to but, think. But it is really nice <laughs> for you guys to make me feel better. And correct us. Again, I do want to say, like, please send in corrections if we are saying wrong. things that are wrong. Yes. Or if we're debating it between each other and one of us is wrong, please let us know. We do want to get the correct info out there. Yes. So we're as accurate as possible and, and can keep that in mind for future discussions in case that pops up again. Yeah. So we always appreciate writing in to let us know if something is wrong or right. Yes. Although the right ones are much more fun to get. <laughs> And this one in particular was about episode 60 when we were talking about Withy Woods and who owned Withy Woods and where August was and if Patience owned it or her family or whatever. And I thought that she did not own that. Mm -hmm. Her family did not own that. It was from an inner duchy, which was backed up in the text that they came from an inner duchy. But I don't I guess I don't know where Withy Woods is then. I don't yeah, know. I think we tried to look it up on the map and it's not labeled. Yeah, something. But uh, Keith emailed us and said that I was right, that Emma was right in fool's fate. When Fitz learns that Molly is to be given with woods, he reasons that patience did the math and realized that Nettle was his daughter and gave patience's grandfather's estates to Nettle as an inheritance. So basically in fool's fate, Patience gives her grandfather's estates to Nettle as an inheritance, mm -hmm. knowing that it was Fitz's kid. But then that like really brings up more questions. So right. we have in the text that, yes, that was Patience's grandfather's estates. Mm -hmm. It was in her family. Good. Was her grandfather in Withywoods and her parents in her duchies and they were different? Was... What, what was August doing there for like the 10 years he was there? Like what was going on with, with you? I have a couple of thoughts. One patience is a pretty nice woman. I'm sure if she saw August who is not fully capable of like living his own life anymore. It seems I think yeah. he, she would willingly give up her home to her husband's family like cousin or whatever it yeah. was yeah and let him live there and live out his days comfortably in a place that is far removed from anything that would traumatize him further mm -hmm. so i could see her just doing it out of the kindness of her heart 
then the other thing, maybe because she was married to royalty, it's technically owned by the royals now, so they can do whatever they want with it. I don't know. I don't know how royalty works, especially not in this book, because it's not ever explored. (laughs) Right. But thank you for reaching out and telling us that it was in her family. Right. Yeah. I, I was under the assumption that it was royal grounds and then given to chivalry as a retirement home basically nah baby (laughs) all patience (laughs) it always comes back to patience she's the mastermind behind everything Mm -hmm. clearly she has orchestrated everything yeah so thank you so much keith for reaching out for correcting and for the the kind words um it's always nice to hear from everybody like that and then we have a second email, which is uh, very important to this episode as well, actually. Yes. We got it for last episode. But this one is specifically about Fitz referring to his body as it. Yeah. So our listener, Nathan, was talking about how it reminded them of how some people who have permanently damaged part of their body or need to have amputations refer to the part of their body in a similar sort of way. They do know not every single person thinks this way, but some do. They also brought up that they've heard similar things from people who suffer from body dysmorphia. Just trying to... The yes. brain's way of disconnecting that from their actual body so or themselves. Mm-hmm. As, to, yeah. as a way to, you know, protect itself, basically. Right. And I think think that's such an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I would have thought of. And so it's really cool when readers bring us ideas that, like, I wouldn't have thought of on my own. Yeah. And then and, they, they related that in the book, it's a more literal way of interpreting this. Yeah. Of just Fitz has to protect himself from saying, I'm leaving my body because it's dying. <laughs> And it is mine, so am I dead kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's more like, it's gone, the pain's gone, I'm still here, Mm -hmm. but that's an it now. Yeah, yeah, so it's definitely interesting. I think it's a cool way to look at it. I think it opens the door and brings a deeper look into potentially what's going on in Fitz's head. And I can definitely agree with that, too. I definitely think it's a protection, or at least... I keep using this word with Fitz, but escapism or a Mm -hmm. way to escape for him because he does often want to do that and ignore things. Yeah. So in this case, it's probably a good thing, but he uses that as a way to just say it's over and done with. Don't need to think about that part of my life anymore. He just lives his way of letting go and living in the now as well. Yeah. Also, they bring up. The fact that Robin Hobb has aphantasia, which is the inability to voluntarily make visual images in your mind. And was wondering what we thought on the effects that might have had on the writing and brings up that unlike most fantasy books, this book is more about people and feelings rather than descriptions. And I think that is pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's a cool thing to relate it back to that potentially it is from this. I personally do not have aphantasia. I can willingly rotate a duck in my mind right now for free. Um. (laughs) Quit bragging. Come on. (laughs) But it is it is very interesting thought 
if that has affected her writing style. And I'm kind of curious and I want to look up now if she's answered any questions on that. Yeah. If she's remarked on if that has affected her, because it does focus a lot on emotions and characters and feelings and, and, and what Fitz is thinking. But I, I don't know if that's because of Fantasia or if it's because of the first person viewpoint that we get. Right. Because there are some descriptions, clothes, what Buckkeep is looking like. We get descriptions of the Buckkeep town and, you know, where Buckkeep sits, but it's not as much as other series mm-hmm. from what I can recall. A lot of descriptions of the day and things like that. Something that she could have experienced. Yeah. But to visually describe everything, there's not, there's enough to get by, but there's not a ton of detail. Right. Definitely, I think part of the versatility of these series in general is that there's just enough detail. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very easy to put yourself in here or to imagine the rest of the details yourself. The great tease yes, on pretty much to, everything. You get to <laughs> you get to make up the style in your own head. I think that's great. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll have to look towards the next series, which is not first person, to yeah. see if it feels more like she's still shying away from imagery. Um, but. Definitely an interesting point to look out for. It comes, it's really hard for me to kind of think about it because in my head, I always think that if it has less detail than Wheel of Time, it's probably fine because Wheel of Time goes overboard. And that's <laughs> another one of my favorite series that I've reread multiple times. I thought you were going to say Lord of the Rings, but. Lord of the Rings is fantastic as well, but. It doesn't hold a candle to the descriptions that Robert Jordan gives. Okay. (laughs) It's it's just so it's so much, which I love because it's easy to read and you can really picture everything. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty opposite to what this is. So I never really like compared them like, oh, yeah, this is just hardly any because I'm so used to so much. I'm like, right. This is probably normal. (laughs) (laughs) It yeah, will be know. it will be interesting to see if Live Ship or right. Rainwild. I guess I am like a little overboard on imagination. So whenever I read books, I kind of get sucked in. I feel like I'm standing on the middle of a set, a movie set with things happening around me like that's going on in my head while I read. So I don't know. You read really fast, Emma. Yeah. Do you ever skim past details and fill them in yourselves? And if you reread, you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be? Mm, I don't know, because I don't typically reread. Right. I guess that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) So whatever image I have is the only one. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think so. Because we've been rereading this book and nothing has really stood out and I've been going slow so nothing has really stood out. I think I'm pretty good at just reading fast. <laughs> nice. Although there was a study done. Turns out fast readers do not re- attain or retain as much as slow readers. So checkmate <laughs> to everybody else, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought this was a really fun point. So thank you so much, Nathan, for bringing those up. And thank you to everybody else who's just messaged in with kind words. We really appreciate those as well. A little good affirmation, a little pat on the back. Never hurt anybody. So, (laughs) Yeah, 
No, we do like hearing we're doing a good job. But like Luke said earlier, we also appreciate when you guys call us out or, you know, let us know that you don't like something or we've done something wrong. We're just humans trying our best. So we like to learn from our mistakes. Yes. And, And on that note, please rate and review us like and subscribe if you do like it but review us to let us know what we can do better in the future we do want to make this better or you can email us and let us know those those thoughts as well so we really like hearing feedback as well we just want to make this uh a good podcast yeah a nice little friendly space for everyone 